Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the People Analytics Podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce, uh, founder and CEO of StaffGeek. Today on the show, I have my good friend, uh, John Baldino, who is the president of Humoriso. Uh, John is a HR guru and has previously won both the HR Person of the Year Award and is currently nominated for HR Consultant of the Year. So I want to thank you for being on the show, John, and welcome. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for asking me to be here. Happy to be here. Absolutely. And we're speaking about a topic that couldn't possibly be more relevant, fortunately, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, right. And that's uh, helping companies figure out how to deal with managing their organizations amidst the COVID-19 health crisis. Yeah. Yeah. So diving into that a bit, um, John, with all of your experience, um, before we kind of get into the topic of the show, if you would, please, for our listeners, give a little bit of background about yourself um, and talk to us about what Human Reso is and how it came to be. Uh, sure. Uh, so, uh, again, I'm John, uh, HR guru, kind of a funny title, but you know, sure. Uh, uh as much as anybody can be. Uh, so I, uh, am the president of Humoriso and I actually started the organization about eight, almost eight years ago. Uh, and we serve as an HR consulting firm. Uh, and so the support we provide is, uh, primarily U S based. We do a little bit of international work, but the bulk of it being U uh, S coast to coast. Um, and we're trying to support organizations of various sizes and in various industries, um, with better HR practices, helping them to kind of be considerate about culture while trying to handle things like compliance. Is there a marriage of the two? Uh, and uh, uh, helping them to sort of navigate through their organizational development, how they see themselves, what that brand looks like, um, areas of employee retention, um, uh, training, learning management, um, workforce planning, things that are really designed to sort of propel the organization forward while being mindful of those day-to-day -day administrative, again, compliance-oriented tasks that have to happen. So it's been a good time and we've grown quite a bit and I'm grateful for that. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, we're, we uh, have to learn to be nimble, right? And a time like this has really pushed us um, uh, with the, the coronavirus situation um, to have to really be thoughtful about how we do that and help organizations do the same. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing the background. And that's the perfect transition into the topic that we want to discuss today. So kind of kicking things off, I'd love to hear from your perspective from a high level for those companies that are currently scrambling, figuring out right how to manage their organization given the current health crisis. And what, what advice do you have for them uh, currently? Yeah, I mean, obviously, first and foremost, uh, stay safe. Uh, put yourself and your organization in a healthy place. What does that mean? Uh, obviously there are uh, uh, both municipal, local and state ordinances mandates in place right now across the country, some more severe than others. Stay home, uh, do, you know, do not uh, go out if you are a non-essential business or personnel. Uh, that uh, I, I just would have to emphasize be thoughtful about that. You don't know where you're going and what you're bringing with you uh, from where you've been to where you're going. So uh, stay home. Uh, if you're, if you're um, uh, able to work from home, of course, great. Uh, if you're not, I know this is a tough time and I'm sure we'll talk about that, but um, you know, first and foremost, we have to be health conscious, 
uh, of this. And so limit interaction, keep the social distancing the way that it needs to be. Um, for for you know those of you who've been home obviously for some time now, you're watching news broadcasts, for example, and talk shows either being done from home or if those folks are in the studio, you see how far apart they're sitting, you know, at the, the news desk even uh, on your favorite morning broadcasts and those kinds of things. They're doing this at least the six feet um, distance between uh, people. So I just would have to say, first and foremost, you have to be mindful of, of uh, social distancing, spacing, um, as well as whatever protective uh, gear that you need. And um, we we do work with those first line responders um, at Humoriso as well. So those in the medical um, environmental, um, believe it or not, um, and some of the other types of businesses that are out there and need to handle a lot of things. Um, as, you know, we need them to have protective gear. And I know we're working hard in this country to get as much produced as possible. Great advice and agreed. Um, I'll share a story yesterday of so I live near Trader Joe's, the supermarket, right? And there's yeah. been a lot of disruption, but that's obviously been declared an essential business. And they've had a line outside the door for a while now. Originally, they were crushed because people came and like flooded the supermarket and wiped them out of all their inventory. But I, w I went back yesterday for the first time in about two weeks, and I've been thoroughly impressed with how they handled it mm -hmm. thus far. So they've got a line of people out front. They're ensuring people are keeping a certain distance away from one another. And they're only limiting a certain number of people into the store at a time. Yeah. So, and, and then the stocks and the shelves and whatnot are, 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 you know, restocked. So the experience is actually a great one that I had, you know, in the midst of all this chaos. So yeah, really like a, a positive response to that. And I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, from your perspective for these organizations that are figuring out how to respond, right? From an HR perspective, what should they be focusing on? What should they be doing now? Yeah, I mean, and I love that story. So, you know, we, we as people um, need to be okay with the interruption um, and meaning it's not going to be convenient. Uh, you're not going to have access to, to all the things that you're used to having quick access to. Uh, you know, for those of, of your listeners and, and watchers right now that, that are, uh, have spent time, say, overseas um, in other countries, um, I've, I have experienced, you know, being in third world countries and, and being in places where things are not as convenient and, and it is an eye opener. And in some ways, we're not there, obviously, in the U.S. We are far from it, but it certainly gives us a reason to to recognize a difference. Um, and that's that's something we have to accept. Um, and so if if we are running on a high maintenance perspective, you're going to be disappointed. And I think that's true for the individual as well as for businesses, right? Looking at the organization as an individual. Timelines are going to be slower. Access to some resources and materials um, may be slower as well um, because people are trying to function in an environment that, number one, they're not used to, and number two, may not be built um, in the same way as what you're used to, right? So people are trying to learn how to acquiesce, how to build flexible structures in the midst of a need to be flexible. That's tough to do, right? It's, it's, right? it's trying to like build a building while you're making the materials to build the building concurrently. It's, it's difficult. You got to give people a big measure of grace here. Um, uh, you know, I, even at our organization, uh, I, I wound up answering the kind of core phone 
yesterday for a while and uh, someone called and asked to speak to one of our uh, awesome uh, team members and I've transferred the call which is going right to their work from home setup and uh, the person called back 30 seconds later and said listen that person did not pick up it went to her voicemail and I said the possibility still exists that she would be on the line with somebody else so voicemail is still a reasonable tool. So please feel free to leave the message and I'm sure she'll get back to you. You know, we have to be okay with taking a breath, right? That this is, that all is not lost. In terms of preparation, um, continued preparation though for these organizations, I'd say you're experiencing real time how flexible your organization really is. People talk about the desire to work from home. I want workplace flexibility, right? I hear this from, from staff in various organizations. Um, we want um, this, this kind of opportunity. Well, um, I'm also hearing from some of those same folks over this last week or so, um, how hard it is to work from home. Uh, the distractions, right? My, my rotten kids whom I love, uh, my spouse who's sucking down all of the Wi-Fi because, you know, he or she is streaming something while, while laid off, while I'm trying to work from home and I don't have time for him to be watching, you know, old episodes of Love Boat while I'm trying to, to you know, work. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with watching Love Boat. But the idea is, you know, now you're realizing, right, that there, it isn't all you know, hearts and flowers, so to speak, that there is, there are still things that are not as comfortable when you work from home. Not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying now you're living it and you recognize the pitfalls as much as you may have been only looking at the glass being half full. How do you adapt? Um, how do you set yourself up for success? I'm watching people get dressed even, right? Ready for work putting on the shirt and tie or, you know, taking the shower and putting on the business casual or business, whatever your dress code is and doing that at home so that you feel like you're in that position to operate from a mindset. Um, you've got to, as the individual employee, know um, where you need to sort of step up a bit in order to be able to engage at this level. Organizations are also dealing with technology. Um, in a different way. How we, we think we're okay to use our tools like Slack, Asana, Teams, um, uh, you know, Zapier. How, how are we, and there's so many I can talk about, right? Like how are we using these things? We've said that they help our organization to be more nimble. Have they really? This is the time to test it. Um, if it's not really happening, then you know you've got work to do once everybody comes back. Right? How do we get better prepared for it? You have real lessons to learn from at this point. Uh, I, I would sort of couch all this in, in my answer to say, uh, even to yourself as an organization, you have to show a measure of grace. We've not been in this situation before. This is a mandated situation that happened very quickly, relatively speaking. And so systems and tools are being pushed in a way that we've not exercised previously. Of course, there's gonna be mistakes. Of course, things are not going to go um, swimmingly. Um, if they are, fantastic. If they're not, you know, make the adjustment. It's okay. I think there's a lot of folks out there who understand we're doing the best that we can. And so I want organizations to take a breath in that as well. That's very well put. There's a lot to unpack there. If I were to 
summarize it as well too. What I might say is, right, a lot of change is going on, a lot of adversity, a lot of uncertainty right now. And of course that's scary, but maintaining that relatively cool calming presence, right? The example you gave where um, one of your clients had called, spoken with you, you had connected them to one of your team members. They couldn't get a hold of them immediately. Started to get, you know, a little um, upset, agitated. I guess. <laughs> right, agitated, annoyed, yeah. whatever. Yep. But you, you know, calm them down, right? We have a process for this. Let's follow the process. The process works. And that I think, in especially in times like now, like the HR leaders out there, being that cool, calming presence um, mm-hmm. is going to be incredibly valuable because. Mm-hmm everyone else is not necessarily going to know what to do, what to think, how to feel. Yeah. So, yeah. And, okay. and I would say if I could, if I could add to that kind of on the other side, cause I, I am respectful of the fact that our organization has had to deal with this over the past, I'd say week plus at this point. Um, we have one of the hardest things that, that we have to do in human re- resources related work. Um, we have assisted our clients in laying off hundreds hundreds of people in the last week plus uh, hundreds of people and i don't say that lightly um i mean honestly there's a lump in my throat saying it because these hundreds of people are our households our families um are people who um are displaced in a new way and uh you know it's not about blame it's you know people it's through no fault of their own i get it um this pandemic is is not something that anybody signed up for um and yet here we are dealing with with displaced workers who are flooding state unemployment sites to try to sign up for those unemployment benefits and everyone just needs to know keep at it um, these these online systems for our state governments, they weren't really designed for thousands of people to flood, you know, to sign up. In New York City, I mean, literally, you're talking thousands of restaurant workers uh, within 36 hours flooding New York State's uh, unemployment site um, to to apply for benefits. It's a whole lot of influx, right, coming into this funnel at once. Um, there's going to be difficulties that come. As HR professionals, as business owners, organizational leaders, don't lose sight of what we're talking about here. Um, these are people's lives. So the way in which we can support them um, obviously includes listening, getting them whatever documentation they may need, making sure they have easy access to resources, um, give them links. I mean, we're, we're pushing out information. I mean, even right to the unemployment site, like give people all that information and what you're sending out. If you can't mail everything as quickly as you want, email folks. I mean, mo- many of you have systems where there's this kind of record. I understand you want to make sure it goes into the mail as well. Fine, you can do that, but don't delay it. Get it to them via email as well so they can jump on it while they're waiting for the mail to arrive. Um, I, I would just encourage folks that are leading these organizations, make it easy for people to get access to resources um, and to get the support that they need as quickly as possible. Um, And and that may mean that you've got to do some research uh, on your own uh, with your core team, with your corporate counsel to make sure that the the, um, path that you're providing is one that is compliant, um, but also as exhaustive as possible. because your people ideally are the ones, these folks that you want to bring back into your organization after this is over, 
um, you know, these layoffs, these furloughs. You want to get people back in full time. You want to get people back to where they were. Um, I think part of it is going to be looked at as to how we help help them be successful, even in this difficult time. Well said. And following up on that uh, topic of thought, another question I have for you is a lot of what I've seen as well too, right? Staff Geek obviously helps companies in the hiring world. So we stay very mm -hmm. close to that. And you guys help companies with that as well too. And um, I've seen a lot of plans change rather abruptly, right? Mm -hmm. You had mentioned, obviously, it's horrible to have to be dealing with currently a lot of people losing their work um, in, you know, because of the, the effect that this has had on the economy. But what is the kind of message you have out there? Or what are your thoughts in and around these companies whose plans have been rather abruptly put on hold, whether that be hiring or other projects of and related to that, where they're talking about freezes or, you know, significantly scaling back on what they were previously planning. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts around that. I'm sure companies are, are curious to hear as well, too. Yeah, I, um, I, of, of course, is <laughs> probably how I'd start, right? Of course, with this, if you're, if you're furloughing people, you know, reducing hours, if you're laying them off completely and, and having that temporary separation of employment, um, you're not hiring, right? You're, 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 you know, kind of putting that on the side. And I, I will talk, and I know we will certainly by the end talk about some companies that are hiring, but those that have had plans um, to move forward and now need to just sort of hold, put everything on hold. We actually have had some clients who have extended offers to people that now have had to pull them back um, and say, hang on, you know, we still think you're a great candidate, but, but we're not open. Right or or you know we're bound down to a skeleton crew at the moment or we we just don't know what's going to happen after this is over and so financially um, we have to take a minute. Um, uh, some companies have had to do that, and that's tough. It's a really difficult place to be. I think from a hiring standpoint, um, you know if you're a recruiter, um, you know your mindset has to be twofold. One keep in communication with those candidates that you've already been talking to for certain roles and let them know it has nothing to do with, you know, your qualification or our interest. It has to do with this other factor that's now influencing so heavily what we're doing and how we're doing it. I got to tell you the candidates that I've spoken to as well over the past uh, couple of weeks, get it. They are not ignorant of what's going on. They don't want to leave to come to do an interview, right? So we're even in some of those things, we're moving to the sort of the video chats and helping to move organizations e even in light of this into something they would not maybe have done, which is great because now they can't say, I don't know how to or it won't work for us. You had to make it work. So what was that experience like, right? You wound up talking to a candidate that was three states away from where you are. You may not have been as open to doing that before because now that you're doing everything by video, what difference does it make if they're three houses down or three states away, a video is a video, and now you're expanding your pool of candidates, your willingness, right? So there could be some positives from, from this hiring consideration, the way in which we hire. Those companies, though, that need to put some of their hiring on hold, um, I don't think that's a bad business decision necessarily. I, I'm speaking generally. Certainly individually, we'd have to look at specific reasons. But just because you come to the realization that you need to put hiring on hold does not mean your organization is doomed. Uh, it is a decision that you're making for today 
based upon the information you have today. And as we've seen even with, with COVID-19, every day there's new information coming out, whether it's statistics or a response from the government or response from businesses. It's a fluid situation. So making the decision to put hiring on hold today may not mean in two days that it's a different situation and you're ready to hire or you know, whatever circumstances change over the next you know, 72 hours or you know, week every day be ready to make whatever decision you need to make and, and pivot accordingly. Um, and lastly, I'd say um, to those organizations that are <clears throat> fearful, expressing fear to candidates uh, will give them insight into what potentially what the culture is like at the organization, what stability is like in the organization. It's okay to be cautious to talk through um, the pluses and minuses of a particular situation, but to display fear may not be the, the first step you want to make with some of the candidates um, that you're talking to. And I don't mean that disparagingly. I appreciate the fact that there are reasons to be fearful about what we're dealing with at the moment, <clears throat> but I don't know that I would say it's right to make that be sort of the display of your company credo. Um, if your values are things like transparency and integrity um, and, and so forth and so on, which we could do a whole other session, <laughs> session on values, right? But if it's, it, look to those values. Let that define how you're responding to this because it should be the same way in which you're responding to your employees as you might be responding to those candidates. It's difficult news. We want to be honest. We want you to know what we know, when we know it. We're going to keep communication channels open. Do the same, right, for your employees as you would for those candidates. Excellent. Yeah, thank you for sharing that advice. Uh, very valuable. And shifting gears for a moment, right, because obviously what we're dealing with is unprecedented, but it still qualifies as change. And with any change, usually there's opportunity somewhere. So yeah. that's where I'd like to kind of shift gears at this point, right? Let's, uh, since it's not all doom and gloom, right? Love right. to talk with you about and hear your thoughts on where the opportunities are, like where this change has has created some opportunity and how companies can potentially capitalize on that given the circumstances. Yeah. So um, I guess let, let me say this first. Um, obviously, per organization, there are specifics that need to be considered. I would be remiss not to say, I know I mentioned it in passing a while ago, but I'd re be remiss not to kind of be more direct to say, make sure that you are in contact with your corporate counsel, uh, labor attorney, um, the, those legal experts that can help you with your specific organization to know how is, it is best to, to um, be flexible, how it is best to be prepared for these next steps. Um, you, you know, we, we're not talking legal advice here, we're talking organizationally, but I, I wanna make sure that I give a shout out to those legal folks that are working their butts off right now as well. Um, so opportunities, uh, you know, just this morning, um, Amazon talked about the fact that they are trying to, as quickly as possible, hire up to 100,000 people. Uh, because online demand is way up. People are home, they are shopping, uh, they are doing so online. Uh, there are entertainment businesses that are looking to hire. 
Uh, obviously, you've got streaming services that are up. Uh, I, I saw a whole article from uh, Backpage who, who is, you know, looking for actors and, and all this kind, you know, remote kind of web, ca uh, web TV kind of stuff because people are home right now and they're craving more and more content, right? And so um, you're seeing in the movie industry, they're releasing movies uh, that, that were slated to be released in the theaters you know, they're going to do a concurrent thing theater for those areas that you're still allowed to go, as well as opportunity to buy it on demand at home, you know, right away, because so many people are at home. Uh, you know, there are, there are money-making and um, skill set oriented considerations that are happening right now. So if you have been laid off, for example, from your job as a server in a restaurant, um, front desk agent at a hotel, um, uh, a retail associate for your favorite retailer, get, get to, you know, a distribution center, uh, see how you can be maybe, uh, uh, hired for a customer service, an online customer service position for one of these online retailers. It, you have to be flexible, right? If you are, especially at those hourly jobs, there's a good chance you might be living paycheck to paycheck. You know, you've got to jump quickly. Uh, unemployment is a great bridge, but you know you're not going to make enough on unemployment insurance to, to make things work. So you're going to have to look to supplement quickly. Um, look to those opportunities. Scour uh, Indeed and other job sites that are posting tons of, of opportunities. Um, uh, I'd say those organizations need to look uh, internally as to today, tomorrow, a week and a month from now. So for example, with the layoff that some layoffs that some organizations are experiencing, when, when we come back uh, offline, <laughs> I'm not gonna say online, because when we come back offline, right, back to that human interaction, back to people being in the offices, back to some businesses usual B2B and B2C opportunities, um, you may wind up being able to scoop up some talent that is all of a sudden available or at least talent that's willing to talk um, because of the way in which their organization handled the situation and they maybe have lost some confidence and again i'm not looking for us to um, uh, kind of look for blood in the water but uh, i'm kind of saying look for some blood in the water right so you have to have eyes to see that. Um, put yourself in a position to to be accessible and available. Be active in your sourcing. Uh, don't just say, "Well, I posted a job and somebody didn't apply." You got to be passive on the back end, right? Look for those that don't know that they're looking for you um, next in their job. Um, I would say the other opportunity here is to look at the way in which your organization functions. Um, now that some people have worked from home, how's that gone? What did you find out? Can you do a split shift for some departments? Maybe you're going to wind up cutting some expenses because you don't need as much brick and mortar as you currently have um, because you're going to be able to be more flexible, especially those small businesses. W one of the things that I'm seeing right now is um, uh, you know, entrepreneurs that, uh, and you know, Hi, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, so I'm, I'm not speaking disparagingly, right, about it. But um, if you're just used to thinking that I'm going to come out with this great idea and either go on Shark Tank or pitch it somewhere and they're going to send me some seed money, uh, I don't know that that's coming back as quickly as you think. 
uh, I might take a minute there and realize, okay, what do I need to do to make my own dream come true? Uh, and I don't say that because I think that there's panic coming. I say that because I think some of these VC and uh, you know other funding organizations are starting to look at, okay, now that I've had some time on my hands, what's my ROI really like with these companies? Am I really flipping them the way that I thought I would? Is there going to be a market for people to buy these companies that I'm planning on flipping? I have to be thoughtful about those things, and therefore there may be opportunity for an entrepreneur to approach their business differently, to be ready with a plan B and a plan C. Um, it's okay to be debt-free. It's okay to not give away all your shares. Can I make this business work without putting myself in that position? Too many people have kind of thought this is the path, one path with VC funding. No, it is not. And I'm going to tell you, um, I'm sitting here as proof. Humoriso is debt-free. Um, we're not VC-backed. We're not private equity-backed. Uh, it started with me in my basement, and here we are doing national work. So I'm telling you it can happen. It's just that people have to be willing to put the work in differently in order for that to happen. That's an opportunity. Awesome. Very well put. Um, and that's another episode of in itself. <laughs> <laughs> so we will talk about that at greater length because I love that. I'm a huge proponent of it. So thank you for sharing uh, the answer to that uh, concern, John, and being here on the show to share your valuable knowledge with companies and myself in times in which that knowledge is so valuable. Having said that, uh, two more questions for you before I let you go. The first one is, um, what resources would you recommend sharing with both myself and the audience mm. often related to the subject matter, HR in general, books, blogs, uh, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, I would say I want to focus on, on the COVID-19 um, resources. So 100%, please use the government sites. Uh, do not rely on uh, you know, 24-7 news broadcasts as being the place. Um, there's a lot of things that are talked about on those services right now that are what might be, and that's confusing some organizational leaders with what actually is. So I'd, I'd ask you to go to your .gov sites, the DOL.gov, um, Department of Labor. Um, go to your state and county sites for not only COVID resources for uh, uh, businesses in terms of what you can offer to your staff, um, but also just for health and safety considerations as well. What am I doing? How am I doing it? Please go to those sites. Um, the, the other resource that I would put out there would be, uh, besides going directly to your council, your labor attorneys, um, uh, look for some, re there's some really good uh, uh, lawyers putting some information out there. Eric Meyer at the Employer Handbook, uh, Jonathan Siegel and his blog, um, again, doing some great work. Uh, I, I would make sure that you look at uh, Lou Lessig at Brown and Connery. I mean, there's a lot of attorneys, labor attorneys that are putting out some great work. So, so do some research there. Excellent. Thank you, sir. I will include a number of those links in the show notes as well, too. So thank you for sharing those. Um, sure. I agree. And then last question I had for you is who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch? Uh, well, I mean, anybody could reach out. Um, I guess the easiest ways to find me, of course, are at humoriso.com um, uh, and can just put a message through our, our uh, uh, company site. Uh, you're welcome to find me on Twitter at JB Alive. Um, I tend to be a little active on Twitter, of course, LinkedIn, look up John Baldino HR, or, um, you know, I'm not as active on Facebook, but um, I'm there as well. Um, yeah, feel free. 
Thank you very much for sharing, John. And thank you for being here on the show, sharing your knowledge with both myself and our guests. Sean, thanks for asking me to be on. I appreciate it. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the People Analytics Podcast powered by StaffGeek. If you or anyone you know is a leader in human resources or talent acquisition and would be interested in being a guest on our show, please reach out to me at sean at staffgeek.com. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at staffgeek, S-T-A-F-F-G-E-E-K.com. We would love to share your valuable knowledge with our audience. At this point, we'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of our show, StaffGeek. StaffGeek helps companies hire smarter, increasing retention, and combating turnover, all while reducing time to hire. They do this by creating a customized behavioral assessment around your company's unique culture. Armed with your fit tech assessment, you're able to evaluate which candidates are the right fit for your company's culture. Start hiring smarter today with StaffGeek. If you'd like to learn more, reach out to StaffGeek at hello at staffgeek.com or visit them on the web at staffgeek.com.